Welcome to Positive Space, Conversations and Art Foundations, a production of Foundations in Art, Theory and Education, also known as FATE. Positive Space is a podcast providing opportunities for those passionate about art foundations to discuss and promote excellence in the development and teaching of college-level foundations in art studio and art history classes. Welcome to Positive Space, and today I have a very special guest, Stacey Eisenbarger, who is the president of FATE. So welcome, Stacey. Hey. Thanks hey. Having- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought maybe we kind of start with um, maybe you telling us a little bit about your first FATE conference. When was that and what was that like back in the day? Well, um, it wasn't so far away um in time i think i've had conversations with people where they they have memories of me at previous conferences that i wasn't at so um (laughs) i find that funny um so i could tell stories about conferences i wasn't at if you want to hear those too um but uh, my first conference was in st louis in 2011 oh really Uh, yeah, yep, that surprises most people because they think, how did you get in charge of this organization if you, that was your first conference? Um, and that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> no, that was my, my first conference. And it was when I was just kind of getting started teaching. And I was really interested in that kind of dialogue uh, between faculty wanting to share all sorts of ideas in regards to how you address different student issues. I mean, just, it was really exciting to walk from room to room and hear so many different perspectives. And also in the hallway, hear so many people laughing. Um, so I got <laughs> that pretty quick and it was, it was great because that's a point in time for me where I was just finishing up with grad school and really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew I liked teaching. Um, so I felt like I was with my tribe when I was there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just, paid attention. But at the time, yeah, that's, that's how I got involved. <laughs> right. then. <laughs> right then. Yeah. Well, that, that's crazy. Cause that was my first fate conference as well in, in 2011 in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That's wild. That's wild. It well, was um, like a, little, a little dark secret because that was, um, I had already gone to some fate regionals prior though. And okay. had participated with, um, ITI, uh, a think tank that they had there in Athens, Georgia, because that's where I went to graduate school at UGA. Um, and that, that was just a way that I had, had known people, but at, um, a regional that was at app state, um, I met Scott Betts and, uh, he, you know, said, Hey, you know, you should come to more of these events. And by the way, you know, you're here in the Southeast. And if you're really interested in getting involved, why don't you think about being, a a representative for CCAC and I had gone to their conferences as well. So I was like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I could do that. And he's like, Hey, you know, honestly, he's like, it's just to be a great way to, you know, have name recognition and let people know that you're interested in kind of working with them and getting to know them. It doesn't hurt to do. So, um, I was actually nominated for a board position at my first conference. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> uh, just, just, it, it, it's, it's called volunteering though, really, let's be honest. And, um, if you just want to get involved, you can get involved at any level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it sounded like a bad thing to do. And then I've been on ever since. So what gets, gets you excited about foundations, like specifically about foundations? That's a loaded question, Valerie. It is. <laughs> I'm starting off hot here. 
well, um, I think for me, it's it's the moment where you see a student shift from thinking that the thing that's going to let them become an artist or a designer is just the material that they thought they were interested in using. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a material junkie. Um, so don't get me wrong here. Those of you out there listening who are material junkies that are currently like clenching up right now going, wait, well, <laughs> um, so hear me out. Um, but it, it's that moment where they start to see that the reason why they're in foundations is not just to sit there and talk about how paint is beautiful or how, you know, um, uh, ceramic form is, you know, this, this beautiful surface that they want to touch. Right. I mean, they know that coming in, right. They're already mm-hmm. in that they want to, you know, work on the computer screen to design something. They, 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 that's why they've heard they're hooked. Right. Mm-hmm. But when they start to realize that there's a language available to them that they can design and think through and strategize with to express something bigger with it. And, um, that's something that I, I don't see often students really understanding they have control over or they can really mm. research in a way that they do when they come into foundations programs. They instinctively have the language in them, but they just haven't really figured out how to really explore it and exploit it and feel confident behind it. But those moments when you start to talk their decisions, that's what hooks me on foundations. I love that moment. Um, I've never wanted to be the faculty member who gets the gold star at the end of their kind of career at the university. Uh, right. They're like, oh, that person got me through my final portfolio. I, I like the moment when, you know, yeah, they're able to say I started to understand it. That seems more exciting. And I do, again, I mean, going back to materials and being that kind of junkie, I'm also just as happy about the moment when you see a student with a drill and you tell them to put the reverse function on <laughs> in its it's magical pressure down and the thing pops out you know or just like here's right. how you put some pressure on that screw here's how you open a paint can you know here's here's right. how you ballot to close it back um you know <laughs> something great about the basics so. it really is it's really fun to sort of see that excitement in that very first time that they learned how to use like a tape measure or the very first time that they you know did anything it's it's really fun to be a part of that yeah I mean there's there's some bad days when you see them pull the push broom and you have to have a conversation about that <laughs> um, but it's all I mean it's they all show you what they know right and mm-hmm. if you get to be in that space with them, where they're allowed to be vulnerable, they're allowed to be the people who don't know everything. You know, it's great that they want to open up and have those questions. And the majority of my my job here at the University of Idaho is is mentoring uh, the graduate students who teach in our studio foundations classes, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun working with them too. And I think that's another part of foundations that gets me excited and why I work on the Fate Board. Um, I really enjoy those moments where we get to share our ideas and see, um, you know, what our own teaching strengths are. Um, you know, even when you come to like a fate conference and you're in a session where somebody's talking about, I don't know, it could be sustainability or, um, I mean, I'm just thinking about like the list of, uh, session titles that we have coming. Um, 
the city, but they're dancing in my head. They're going to be great. But you see those moments where even in those discussion situations where someone brings up an idea and you see the cell phone pop up and somebody's taking a picture of the PowerPoint screen right. or somebody furiously like kind of drawing in their sketchbook out a new idea because they've heard something that sparked an interest and they don't necessarily adopt that whole approach because it doesn't work in everyone's program specifically in that way. But they, you mm-hmm. see it adapting, right? Like because we were talking about it, we're constantly adapting and being inspired and, um, Again, thinking of a new strategy to change something, to design a way that we can talk about something um, a little bit better, to be more supportive. And I think those layers get me involved. Thank you. Those are, yeah, those are really, really, really exciting things. And I think that's one of the reasons why I got excited about Fate, too, was just that everyone was untucked and everyone was okay with sort of sharing ways in which they tried something and it didn't work. You know, Um, there wasn't, yeah. Do you ever think, though, that sometimes we just weren't able to even be tucked yet? I mean, like, I look at it and I'm like, I, but I, I, maybe I shouldn't make that joke, but I, I don't know. I think that we often think we're supposed to be so um, clear about our approach to things to talk about it and present it. Um, but I don't, I don't think our lifestyles allow for that much anymore. I don't think our institutions allow for that much. You know, I, I don't know anyone who is just teaching one kind of class. I think we're all being asked to adapt. We're all being asked to, you know, have some kind of confident approach to taking on something new, you know, like, right. We'd love to have you in our program to teach this, but why don't you also do this and this, you know, and you're, you (laughs) you know, you know that you don't know all of it. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but the act of wanting to foster something productive. Yeah, we, we can get to that. Um, but it, I, I just think being untucked is, what's true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I think, and that's not to say what we talk about isn't necessarily prestigious. There's a lot of great things that go into what we're doing, but, um, absolutely. Trying to be too tidy about it. Isn't going to help any of us along. I don't think. Right. No, (laughs) that's, that's very true. Well, and as in, in your role as president, like, what do you feel like has been something that has been, uh, like a primary focus or, or something that when you, you know, took on that role that you were like, okay, I want to, I want to do this or I want to, um, explore this or, um, what were things that you were thinking about? Oh yes. Another loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, honestly, I had a lot of ideas for things that I'd like to kind of tighten up and support. Um, in regards to what I had known had been asked for in previous surveys, mm-hmm. um, from different conferences, um, just emails that I get from people where they want support in certain areas. Um, and I gotta be honest that I haven't had the chance to do all of those things. Um, I think that, um, there was some, you know, there's more pressing work that needs to be done just to secure like hotels for that purpose of conference was in right. uh, uh, figuring out how to make sure we can afford the things that we do um, without breaking the banks of those that we involve. Um, so I've kind of gotten more into those sort of nuts and bolts of things. Um, you know, but there's things that I want to change, like let's have a better website <laughs> and like things like that, <laughs> um, which with time will happen. Um, Absolutely. 
Some of those change things take place. But I think for me, I mean, goals that I have would be if I could hug the world, I would like save everyone from the plight of actually not everyone. I would save all adjuncts from the plight that they're currently involved in. It drives me crazy. Um, like I'm just like sitting and stewing and watching and waiting for the opportunity to have a bigger voice to fix that problem. But I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I feel like yeah. the success story that we had just this year is just being able to give three, you know, people with working so hard um, for their institutions and getting them a free conference. That's great. You know, that is important. Um, but that's only three people. Right. And, um, I, I had a conversation, uh, with a fate member, actually a couple of them at our last conference where they were saying things like, you know, I look around this room and all I see is, and I, it was a generalization, but it was like, I see a lot of, um, coordinators. I see people who have the tenure track jobs here. I see the people who are kind of running these things here. Where are the people who really need that extra boost and excitement over Mm. how, you know, what they're going to throw into class the next day because they're tired. Like, where are those people? How do we get them back? And, you know, I think we're at a time right now where even those who have, uh, the tenure track jobs or the tenure jobs or, they have all of their funding is being cut to even come to a conference, right? I mean, gone are days where we had a supply from our administration saying, here is your monetary support to go do this professional development that's going to keep you involved. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. We're all artists and designers on our own. Very few of us have gotten the art ed backgrounds or the art ed doctorates, you know, to really say we've spent the time learning how to teach, right? Some people that have, you know, a different background where they have gotten a teaching certificate, but the majority of us just know how to make, right? And it's not still that they teach you in graduate school. Sometimes you get the experience of that, but typically if you ask people what, you know, how to learn to be a teacher, right? Right. (laughs) Either from like their worst teacher or their best teacher or a mixture of both. (laughs) That's not supportive of who we are as teachers, right? I mean, we, we need this time to share and develop. We are creative problem solvers, right? So we don't necessarily need to go take classes, but we can have these discussions and learn from each other. And, um, I think that's key, but I would love to find a way to make this more like, or less expensive or more accessible for those folks who really aren't, they're at the, like, they're just really not getting that support at their institution. And it's not, you know, I'm not blaming the institutions for it. It's just a fact that is happening because of our economy and, you know, other decisions that are out there um, from state boards, et cetera. Maybe we can go on for hours about that. Right. But I'd love to be able to do that. But at the same time, to fight that fight, I can't also organize just the details of the everyday. And um, Sure. And, and there's, there's, there's so much. I mean, it just seems um, there's so much to talk about. There's so much that's happening. There's so much growth within fate, but, but also just like within foundations. And I think sometimes it's like where, where to start, you know, like where, where to begin. Um, I think that one thing I've learned from, you know, being in this position is that's the thing I need to do is like learn which things I can start and then how to just from, a, from the background support someone else doing their thing. Um, because you can't be in all of it and you expect mm-hmm. it to, right. You've got to, um, you know, just allow other people to have that space to do it, which is exciting that we have a board 
where we can do that. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have just, you know, meetings, board calls, uh, with each other where we just talk about different ideas of what we can do. I mean, even this podcast is just an example of an idea that came up from our board sitting together and saying, Hey, you know, um, there seems to be an urgency to want to share, right? Um, right. How do we do that? And then having, you know, Raymond be like, oh, podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> how, do we, how do we not think about this? Because mm-hmm. I, I think times we're mimicking the thing that's been done before, right? You know? Sure. You a conference, you you follow that with a journal and you, you, you keep the status quo. And it's just interesting, those moments where you try something else because you see the need. And um, I hope to see more of those moments take place with our organization. Um keeping the things that are strong and, and then continuing forward, adding new elements that will support folks who, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not even a desire to want to go to a conference. Um, even though that's one of our, you know, highlights of what we do, but mm-hmm. if exchange on the podcast works great, you know, I love watching the Facebook group page too, where people post a question of like, I'm about to give this assignment. Does anybody have an artist to talk about for this? Right, or right. And you just see, you know, 15 people log on and, and write a little, you know, conversation point. And they're having these little collaborations all the time. Um, it's great to see that support. Mm. Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, what do you think you've learned or how, how has this impacted, you know, your role at your institution by leading this group, you know, by leading fate, like how, how has that impacted, you know, what you're doing in the classroom or, you know, how you handle different collaborations within the University of Idaho? It makes me dive into my classroom discussions and my discussions with my graduate students, like just full floor, right? I mean, I, I feel like I'm, sometimes I, I hear myself talking about a strategy because a instructor has an issue that they're taking on or they just, they have this desire to kind of challenge a student in a certain way over a certain project prompt, you know, and, and they can't quite find the words on how to do it, you know, and I, I just immediately can like pull from this like toolbox of ideas and just be mm-hmm. like, oh, this and oh, here, ooh, let's, let's go find, you know, this image and let's use this and build an exercise off of it. And then let's go, you know, like we can dive in and play and it's, it's amazing. We can, we can do that. So much of that, um, that kind of expression continuously happens. Um, and I, I think that has that kind of just be on the edge and jump in as much as possible and, and be as resourceful as possible and accessible. I think mm-hmm. those are things that I've, I've learned. Um, but then on the other end too, and, and just honesty of leadership, I've <laughs> learning to say no more. I mean, come on, <laughs> you don't, really want to jump in on an organization and be on the board at your first conference, sit back and enjoy it a bit. Yeah. (laughs) You're not winning winning any awards for this, you know? Um, (laughs) that's not the goal, you know? And it's not like, you know, I just wanted to be involved. Right. And I didn't know jokes on me. I could have been involved anyway. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Right. I just, you know, you can do little things here and there and it's fine. Um, and then, then kind of stepping in and, and, you know, being there when you need to, I mean, if I could take anything back, I would like, 
I would want my program to know I don't know how to use an Excel spreadsheet. You know, like I, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want people to know how organized I can be sometimes. <laughs> it's not, I mean, yes, it's helpful, but it's also a little black cloud that follows you. Um, yeah, definitely. Because those that, that, you know, do get, get asked to do a lot, you know? Yeah. It, but now that I've put myself in situations where I do a lot, now I know how to actually say no, but my kind of no. So, um, hear me out on this one too. <laughs> um, oftentimes when you, when someone, maybe it's a colleague sees that you're busy, they're like, just say, no, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, like, why, is this, why are you even in this situation? And this is your fault. <laughs> you know, they're, they're saying this out of kindness and you know, they're right. <laughs> right, right. But if anyone out there is listening and also feels like they're that person, um, they just can't say no. I mean, I, I look at everyone on this board and they're the people who just say yes a lot. Right, <laughs> um, right. It's not like we're just gluttons for these things. Um, and I mean by that gluttons for punishment. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually think you just really want to work as a team. You want to be part of something, right? And and you know these things have fueled you and you want to give back to that. Um, but I have learned a better way to say no is a very productive no. And the productive no that I'm speaking of is this kind of like you, you, you're working on something, right? You spend the time, you stay involved, even though you're ready to be done, right? For whatever the task is, you stay involved, mm-hmm. continue to add what you can to that project or space, et cetera, or that need. But, but while you do it, you like make notes and you organize and structure and invite somebody else along for a bit of that. And then slowly kind of get them invested and comfortable. So they're not just picking it up from scratch, right? Like right. give them to build off of so that they're not spending their whole time trying to reestablish grounding in the thing that already was instead, they're already able to critique it and make it their own thing. Like, and, and, and kind of, as you say, no, you give it away. Right. And then you're still around to be supportive if need be, but like mm-hmm. the best kind of no is a no that maybe lasts for a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe everybody was like, why did you just not let that go? Like it is letting go. I'm letting it go. It's just a process so that that thing is not a broken thing that you hand off. Yeah, Uh, that's not just left on the side of the road that you've sort of like empowered someone, hopefully, you know, to to sort of run run with it. Yeah, and I I mean, I just see that. I mean, there's so much committee work we get asked to do at the university, right? You know, you're you're on, I don't know, a committee on parking for three years. You know, and you're like, why am I doing this? (laughs) You know, Um, and that's just a bad example, probably. But there's plenty of other (laughs) things that we do um, outside of the classroom that really are of value. And I feel the pressure and I see how much people are being asked to do. I mean, the emails that I get from folks that are just like, do you have policies? Can you share with me? Um, something that fate can offer me that I can take back to, you know, my chair or my administration that says like, I deserve a course release for doing this work that I'm doing coordinating foundations or, you know, where are the best practices? Do you have those? We do. Um, that's 10 years old. And I look forward to working with a group of faculty in the next two years to readdress that, um, and edit that. It's something that I've wanted to do that I couldn't do yet. And I look forward to to taking on. Um, um, do you hear that Valerie? I'm volunteering to do more. <laughs> I uh, hear it. I hear it. You are. 
but yes, you know, I, I, and I welcome people who want to have those conversations, but, um, there's some things we can do. We can spend some time to fix the structure of things to protect ourselves and give ourselves some ease down the road. Um, will we win everything? Probably not. Will we win completely? Probably not. <laughs> but um, I think we can find some empowering things to do along the way. And, I, you know, I stress this and I'm thinking about work-life balance as I say this, and I'm sure many out there feel the same way. Um, I and mean, we think we even have a session that's just about that. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, we have one that's, um, I think it's about like, um, what was it called? Foundations as a career. I think it was something, something like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's I'm yeah. Yeah. Or you're like, Oh yeah. Cause there is this, you know, I, I hate to say it because I love foundations, but there, you know, it's, it's kind of an area where people go, Oh, I'll start there. But then I'd like to be the professor of, you know, right. painting, sculpture, yeah, yeah. whatever the, you know, that's what they want. And they just see it as a stepping stone. And then there's others out there that are like, no, I really like this, but can you out there respect that I like this? Right, um, right. Not overburdening me because you don't see the freshman as important. I mean, those are our, come on. I mean, we know that they need better instruction, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. But they need that support. Um, and we need skilled educators to really help them stay grounded. I mean, how many, how often do we hear retention, retention, retention? Like, how else are you going to do that? They need strong instructors in their first year or else you lose them. Absolutely. The issues that they come in with anyway at this point. So. Well, and I, I think, you know, in, in your role at the University of Idaho in terms of like training and sort of um, working with the grad students, I mean, that's sort of like a vulnerable group. You know, they're in the classroom for the first time and here they are instructing a really like vulnerable group of freshmen. So how, how do you kind of empower them or get them, you know, fired up or not afraid or, um, you know, to to teach those students? Well, first goal, (laughs) get them to realize that they have something particular, each of them, you know, they have their own ways of teaching. So the way I structure our programming for them is that, you know, they do have a similar like course timeline as far as when certain projects need to be offered. But from the beginning, I let them be in charge of, you know, how they want to structure and the exact exercises they do to promote those projects and how they want to, you know, fill a sketchbook or if they even want to call it a sketchbook, you know, a lot of discussions about approaches based off of them being closer to the experience than even I can be, you know, how do they use their own voice in that room? Right. So a couple things are modeled so that, you know, you've got a cycle of students. I have a three-year program, right? So in, like our workshops prepping for each week, uh, I'll have, you know, a third year, second year and a first year in the room. Right. And you just have to let the third year share their voice from what they've already learned from experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And as much as help the first years have one too. Um, and it's important that we can kind of layer through that, um, all of their skills and help them assess that. Um, it's, 
they're, they're, yes, maybe they are vulnerable, right? But we are honest about those areas, right? Like they all know when it comes time for evaluations that their students are going to be a bit more of a pump to them than they're going to be to me, right? They do right. that they have that coming, right? And we make jokes about, yeah, men, grow your beards out. Women, maybe wear a brooch on the first day. No. <laughs> a brooch. <laughs> Hey, look, I I look really young. It's not, it's stupid, cheesy things, right? But like, there's ways to kind of empower yourself so that they don't see you as, as weaker, right? You might not know everything, but you can still facilitate a challenge, whether or not you are 100% skilled in that area. Um, Mm -hmm. And we do give our students prep time. You know, in their 20-hour work week, they have prep time set aside so that they can either try some of the exercises themselves or meet together as a group and plan something out. Um, And I give them a lot of resources and tools along the way. We do uh, readings together that talk about just different issues about ego or um, feedback, et cetera, that might not have anything to do with the arts, but just in general, um, Mm -hmm. things are thinking about like, we're no longer teaching millennials now, or at least we're teaching cuspy millennials. Did you know that? <laughs> Not millennials anymore. Um, we're right on the edge. Like they're saying now that the, um, did you, did you know that? Are you aware no, of this? I, I wasn't aware of that. Not at all. So the theory goes is that our freshmen were either like four or five when the world trade center collapsed. Oh, and wow. them, that's a historical thing. They don't remember it because they were too young. So they're saying that that's going to be a shift because just imagine what would have happened to you for the rest of your upbringing is you're, you're getting dropped off for kindergarten and your parents have just experienced this, right? Like how wow. much would that change who you are by the time you're in college? So and I, I, I think there is a lot of feeling. You can feel those those differences. But, I mean, it, issues like that, uh, those are things that we talk about, that, that I talk about with my grads. Like, just think about it. Um, put yourself in that space. See the way they see a little differently. How are you going to challenge them? I mean, we, we have debates about whether or not a self-portrait sketchbook assignment should include their face or not, right? Because maybe they're a little over-obsessed with selfies, right? Or how do right. you put- we, we debate about, you know, where we want to meet them and where we want to pull them away from so that they can start to see a broader culture, a broader audience, you know, mm-hmm. and it, see a specific audience. You know, we, we, we just debate about it all. And I think that's really helpful. And once my grads start hearing themselves have these responses, I feel like they they don't know it right away. <laughs> but when I see them in the classroom, I can overhear it and go, oh, my God. Yeah, these guys got it. Like they're totally teaching to their strengths, not mine. I don't want to hear me in their room. You know, I want to hear them talk themselves. You know, that's when good teaching is happening. That's when they have like just a really healthy environment and that's what needs to take place. Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, another little antidote that made me happy the other day, we were talking about it and, um, you know, I think they think sometimes they put, especially when it's a project that they don't feel as strong about, or maybe it's not something they've had experience with. They kind of get a little worried and you can see that like they're, they're a little stressed out about like, how do I express this? How do I get this to be better? You know, mm-hmm. once they see a critique and they're like, oh, you know, I just should have, 
I should have told him to do this a little bit more. And I was too soft on this, you know, and I'm looking at the work going like, this is awesome. Like, this is not the way I would have taken this assignment, but this is great. You know, good for you. (laughs) Good for what you made happen. Like this was, there was not a lot of time here and there was a lot of pressure cooker, like situations. You did great, you know, but they don't see that they're already doing the critique and trying to analyze what they can do better. And, and that's, they're right. And they should do that. That's going to make them better. But, um, we were talking the other day and, um, I expressed this idea of like, okay, look, this is your job. You, you foster the ground, right? Like you give them the dirt, <laughs> bring it on, right? <laughs> you, got the you know, you can figure out what kind of fence you want to use. Like you want that picket fence or, you know, <laughs> chain link, like super tight, uh, <laughs> you know, maximum security prison fence, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but like define the space for them. Right. But in the end, like it's their job to roll out the sod. Like they have to bring in who they are and they got to put it down and you can do what you can to like help them nurture that, but they still have to bring it. You know, like they so often look to us and go, well, what do you want? Like, what's the answer? Like, tell me what you want. Right. <laughs> like mm. worst answer for any designer or artist. I mean, <laughs> no kidding. So, you know, we, how do you get them to stop talking about that? Um, and the first step to do that is is getting, you know, the instructor to stop thinking they owe everything to the assignment I put out, right? You know, yeah, I want you to use the same objectives. But do you need to say it the same way to get those objectives met? No, definitely mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. And then we have to realize that and it starts to click. You're like, oh, wait, I've got this structure. She gave me this ground. Um, and I can put something on it myself and Mm. my flavor and here's my classroom. And it's really great when my grads get to their third year and I hear them talking and they, you know, they've got it, you know, like it's theirs. They own it. It's beautiful. Well, and it's, it's, it's wonderful to feel like, like you have permission, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I think when, when you're in the classroom, whoever you are, if you're a grad student or adjunct or whatever, I mean, just to feel like, like you have permission in that space to, to try things or to be yourself or to play to your strengths is huge. I mean, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. They're, they're little rock stars. They don't always know it, but they're Well, and is, is there a particular project that you are really excited about or one that you've seen them try or, um, like, like an exercise or activity or whatever that you feel like has been really successful or really fun? Um, oh, there's so many. I mean, I can go. <laughs> I mean, I, there's, there's different, you know, writing prompts that I've seen them do as exercises that are just great. I mean, I would love to actually have them all here so they could tell you like the way they geeked out on something, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm honestly, that that's, what's most exciting for me. I, 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 I have plenty of assignments that I believe work well in a certain way and but that's the way I would teach them. Um, and I just want to see, you know, what they, what they can kind of pull off. I teach a, a lecture um, as well to um, all of our uh, foundation students. And at our college, it's a college of art and architecture. So we have architects, landscape architects, virtual technology design students, uh, interior designers. Um, we have some crossovers from different majors that come in, especially journalism, um, art ed folks. Uh, this semester, I or less past semester in the fall, I taught um, 209 students in a wow. lecture. 
twice a week, me talking. Hooray. Um, wow, that's insane. Her, the girl who failed her first public speaking class. <laughs> <laughs> literally an F (laughs) all the tears and the draw. I sucked so bad at speaking. Um, anyway, back in the day. Um, and now I'm lecturing 200, you know, but, um, in that class I've done away with uh, Scantron tests because it just doesn't work. It's an integrated design thinking class. What am I going to ask you to tell me the answer is, um, So, um, I have a TA and, uh, we try our best, but we, um, do projects where, um, we give the prompt and use our like online sort of blog service. Ours is BB learn. Everybody's got something. Um, but students can post like a picture with three sentences or, um, you know, get prompts to write, you know, 150 word things. Um, and one of my favorite assignments that I've done in that is, a um, a manifesto to your creative self. Um, and they have to like write like 150 words on seven different points or more that they then kind of express visually as well. And those are mm-hmm. and fantastic, but it's great to see what they want to say, you know, um, sure. and, that, and how they, they challenge themselves. And then another assignment that we do that I get really excited about and geek out way too long on is um, <laughs> about appropriation. Um, cause what is the answer? When is it okay to use somebody else's image and when is it not, you know, like how do we sit here and say, Oh, Duchamp's amazing. You know, um, right. she took some photos of other people's photos and called them her own and it was genius, you know, um, <laughs> you know, how do you get a student to see that culture and then tell them that they have to come up with original ideas? Um, so we talk about, that line and how you draw your line for appropriation. And in that, for that assignment, they do a writing assignment where they, um, write a script where they talk to someone who's been in some sort of like issue about copying something. So sometimes it's a rapper, um, who got in trouble for using someone else's lyrics or a chef. (laughs) Um, but mostly it's, it's artists and designers that they choose, um, Mm -hmm. architects who've mimicked buildings or seem too close to somebody else's. Uh, and they, they write a script where they sit down and t- talk to that person and defend to that person their opinion, even if they're just forming their opinion. So they just have to write yeah. the idea of it. And um, along the way, they have to cite three other people into their conversation. So they, in conversation, have to use somebody else's words. So if they chose Warhol's words, but they were talking to say, um, Picasso, they love talking to Picasso. Um, <laughs> then they, you know, would, they could use that. Um, like they would say Warhol's words in their own speech, but then they would rephrase them to make it sound like they were saying it. So it's my little trick of getting them to do a research paper. Um, that's really smart. And, but they, they're, they're great because so many of them find ways to talk confidently about things they aren't confident about and to have that discussion with them and see them doing it when you're lecturing. It's not always the most graceful thing, but it's, um, it's a start. It's, it's saying, Hey, you're welcome to have your own opinion. Um, yeah. And, and it, and it seems like sort of a tricky way to get them to do research without, you know, scaring them with like a research paper or, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's that. It's it's also just that they don't. Um, I mean, they they don't have to. They don't have to 
you know, you don't have to throw it in their face. Like, yeah, I really hate when you take that block quote and just jam it in there with like no thread of, you know, how it actually, like you let that thing speak louder than you. Right. I mean, the great thing about this is, is like, you always just say, don't make it an interview. It can't be an interview. It has Mm -hmm. to be you having a conversation. Don't just ask them questions. They're not smarter than you. Like they're not even there. You're imagining them there, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, make it your thing. And, um, they, they get creative with it and I hope it helps. I don't know if they're bringing it into their future classes, but, um, at least they know as well that like this idea of appropriation, we might all start getting lots of lawsuits. (laughs) We don't know what's coming. Um, (laughs) they have an opinion so that they can be ready to adapt and challenge what they see fit when they hit those situations. So that's, that's really, really fun. I, I love that project. Happy to share. I can do that. Super fun. Super fun. Speaking of sharing, so Fate has a resource online that allows members to share different things, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So we just have a Fate member share. You have to log on um, as a member to be able to access that one page on our website. But it has uh, lots of PDFs linked and PowerPoints, et cetera, from past conferences that have been collected, projects that have been wanting, you know, wanted to share with members over the years. Um, and as we go, we add more to it. Uh, we hope to make this more robust as an archive, but we do want to keep it sh- protected by membership so that it's not just sort of floating out there in space for everyone. I think there's some points of time where you want to lock some things in, even though I think sure. the majority of our our membership is really happy to share. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, um, when we have our conference, we'll let the session chairs have the opportunity to collect, uh, information that is shared during their session. So if they have a session that is really strong on project titles or, you know, project sharing kind of ideas, um, instead of having to have, you know, 20 pages printed out in the front of the room and, you know, not having enough or, you know, that stuff gets hard at a hotel, right? And everything, nobody wants to carry that much paper with them. So um, (laughs) we can take those files and give us a week or so after the conference, but we'll post those. And then if you're a member, you can log on and, um, and access those files, but we'll be collecting them in a a kind of structured process that will let the chairs know about uh, when they register. Um, There's going to be some um, emails and some paperwork that they'll have to support them, um, on how to do that. But if they feel the need to share in that way, and we have other ways to share too. Um, this podcast is one (laughs) (laughs) great topics for this. Right. Um, but, um, the other is those who have, um, papers that they want to see published and that will be go through a process that will be peer reviewed and edited. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe you have something that you're sharing at the conference that, really does need to be put into that structure. Uh, and you can submit that to our, um, our new, uh, fate and review editor, Michael Marks. Uh, he'll be happy to, um, you know, discuss, you know, approaches to that if you're interested in contributing as a writer for that as well. But, um, those are some key areas of fate voice. So if you go on our website, look at fate voice and you can click on that and find the link to the members page. But, um, just remember you got to log in. So if you get some weird error messages and our lovely archaic website, then 
not that bad, but folks, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> this summer, it's improving. Um, it's it's improved a lot o- over the last few years for sure. It's just a it's a weird system. It lets us do some great things, but we're finding that there's some other ways to connect with membership, and we're going to try out some different things just to save your sanity. So, if anyone else has <laughs> had a message on our website, I apologize. It's got a lot of good in it. <laughs> it's right, just, right. Sometimes it's. Well, and, and, and with the conference coming up, um, are there things that you're like looking forward to? Like what are some, um, you know, certain programming or, you know, ways in which the conference is structured that, that you're really excited about? Well, um, one always, um, we eat food together, folks. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you've ever been to other conferences where you don't do that, you run away and you you constantly stay in your same little group of people. You don't um, meet new people, but um, we'll have um, sort of buffet style food. So if you've got certain food allergies, et cetera, you can pick what you need to eat um, without issue. And you can come and sit down for breakfast and lunch each of the day of the conference and just talk. Um, We're changing a little bit of our program if you've been to conferences in the past so that our business meeting will be in the breakfast time instead of at lunch so that you have more time to talk to everyone when most people are awake and aware. Um, so, uh, we're accepting that a little bit and I'm excited about that. I always am. I mean, it makes our conference maybe be, it's, it costs a little bit more than say CAA because of that. Um, but, uh, we think it's important that we eat together cause that's where we share a lot. It's important. So we keep that. We're not letting that one go. Um, and, uh, an exciting thing that the team at Kansas City came up with, they knew that we were there for their first uh, uh, first Friday event. And um, we will be kind of cutting our session early in the afternoon on Friday instead of doing two back-to-back like we typically do. Um, we've just done one slightly longer session um, because those were some sessions that had a lot of um, interest for proposals. And um, we're going to cut out early and get buses out to downtown and, and folks can go to the member show, but also see plenty of other art that's out and about. Um, I think we actually have some other fate members who are doing other shows elsewhere, um, as luck would have it. So, um, it's just gonna be a great time to kind of be out and see Kansas city alive and well, and not be, you know, in the hotel with hotel air, right. When we need it. <laughs> um, so it's, I think it's going to be really great to see, um, how that sort of, flavors it uniquely for Kansas city, right. And each conference, that bit of flavor, that is the place that it comes from. So, um, yeah, with the folks at Kansas city art Institute, they've, they've done well in trying to, you know, make this event point us to that. And, um, this was a really great decision to, to shift up our typical structure for that. So very cool. Very, very cool. Well, man, Stacey, it has been so great to chat with you. I really appreciate you making time. I know it's a busy, busy time. Oh, that's all right. Thanks for, for chatting with me as well. It was nice to have a moment to geek out about, um, what happens in the classroom and remember that's why we do all this other stuff. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Appreciate it. Exactly. Well, thanks again. Yeah. And Valerie, thanks for, for keeping this thing happening and, um, really appreciate Raymond Gaddy and his efforts as well, making this a reality. Um, you two rock for getting this out in the world. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're really kind. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Positive Space. If you're interested in being part of FATE's ongoing conversations on art foundations, visit the FATE website, foundationart.org. Don't forget the dash between the foundations and art. This episode's interview was conducted by Valerie Powell and was engineered and edited by Raymond Gaddy. Our theme music was provided by Lee Rosevere. Please join us next month for another visit to the Positive Space.